Hello and welcome back to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host Rose Gallagher and each week I'm talking to different people in the beauty industry that inspire me or that I think bring about positive change. Now my guest today is the founder of a brilliant tanning brand that I love, Isle of Paradise. He is really well known in the beauty sphere for just being an expert across all things tanning. He's worked with celebrities, red carpet guests, you name it. So I've bought him on to cheer us all up more than anything. So without further ado, here he is. It's Jules Von Hepp. Good morning. Oh, good morning, babes. It is so lovely to hear your tones coming through the waves into my living room. It is divine. I mean, I'm going to try not to get sick this time because... Jules and I did record a podcast previously and I vomited throughout. In fact, I vomited before, during and after, but the weather's nice today. I'm feeling good. I don't think we're going to have that happen again, but who knows? Dear listener, Rose had to run out (laughs) halfway through recording and be sick in a bin in a corner. It was a real high of our friendship and I think it's really cemented us for life, actually. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, do you know what is funny actually so the inspiration for this chat today came I was thinking about when did I first meet Jules do you remember the first time we met we were at this boots festival and it was like a press day for press and bloggers to meet representatives from loads of different brands and I mean the stars aligned and they put me and you next to each other and I just remember going Jules what else has happened any more funny stories come on have you got any more gossip what's happened (laughs) and honestly as somebody who's been in the beauty industry for over 10 years and being a a celebrity spray tanner and being a spray tanner and somebody that works with naked bodies and you know is called out in the middle of the night I have so many ridiculous stories and I think I've had quite a lovely run in the beauty industry I've had so much fun on my career and it's one of those it's one of those paths in life that no one really no one really would choose to pay <laughs> But when you're on it, it's it's a really good laugh. And you know what? I was thinking that when you think of projects like that, like a red carpet event or a celebrity that's got a really big occasion or whatever, there's so much pressure attached to those moments anyway. And then all we see is the really glossy picture and you don't get to hear like, oh my gosh, there was pandemonium going on there actually, but we got out the other end of it. And I just think stories like that, A, are hilarious and B, say from a makeup artist perspective, you never make that mistake again. So basically what I'm asking you for today, Jules, is what are the tightest squeezes of your career that we can have a laugh about while we're having a cup of tea this morning? Oh my God. I mean, where do I begin? Go on. I love it. So my first ever job, and I always say that this was my lucky break. Um, I'd only been tanning for three months. I got trained by Nicola Joss and I was tanning in this little like cupboard in Covent Garden. And I tanned this makeup artist and she said, oh, I'm actually doing all the makeup on the X Factor. I really like you. I really like everything you're about. Would you be interested in joining our team um, and being the tanner for the X Factor? Well, of course, I said yes. I was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
But honestly, like looking back, I didn't know that much. I'd never worked in makeup. I'd never worked backstage in anything before. Um, So I literally was learning on the job. I don't think I even had a kit bag. I think I used to just put products in my pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what, though? It's true. Like, how else are you going to learn? I think that about this podcast. I I don't know how to make a podcast. I'm just winging it as I go along. Oh, life is literally about winging it. And there was this one time when... There was a brand that I was associated with and um, they just launched this like body butter and um, I put it on this girl's legs and then I obviously didn't realise that body butter, when it goes under studio lights, completely reflects all the light. It's so (gasps) thick and sheeny that it's like, (laughs) boom. (laughs) And so anyway, I was on the X Factor, I was moisturising her legs and the doors, do you remember on the X Factor, the doors used the to doors open? The doors used to open. So the doors started opening. I had to grab this body butter and roll <laughs> off this off this stage because there was 8 million people watching. <laughs> Fell onto the floor and put my head up and over. And A, my eyes could be seen on TV and I had to duck back down. <laughs> and then B, um, the contestant whose legs I body buttered, her legs reflected... <laughs> all the lines and completely gave a white out appearance oh god and what did you do did you confess that it was you or like how did you get out of this luckily she was only on stage for like a couple of minutes and then she came off while they went for a nap break and I just lit I took my sock off and literally rubbed a leg with the inside of my sock because I knew it was fluffy and I could get it off Because I was like, how am I going to get this body butter off? But it's things like that where you start, it's only until you get thrown in the deep end. That you learn. That you learn. Um, And then from the X Factor, I went on to Strictly. That is my dream job, can I say. I've got two things I get excited about every year. One of them is Strictly Come Dancing and the other one is I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Strictly must have been a scream. It was an absolute scream. I mean, listen, it is such hard work and you know all my friends had Monday to Friday nine to fives and I was working I still had to have a job in the week for money yeah um and then the weekends so Friday nights I'd go to Strictly and then I'd be there all weekend um and so I'd tan really really late at night on Fridays I'd be there in the studios till like 11 at night and then I'd be back the next day I missed so many birthdays never saw a Halloween which is my favorite season but you know I believe that Strictly really was the making of me it launched my career it got me up and running and once you've worked on a show that is so focused on tan it's such a huge incremental part of that show yeah every single week I was working with the same bodies different weeks so I really got to read a lot about tan and I learned a lot about tan on that show like the week before you're due on you might not go as dark as you would any other week of your menstrual cycle. That's how much I learn. I've gotten, I've never heard that before. Isn't that fascinating? And I get this a lot online. Why does I'm using the same tan and it, it's different each week? And I'm like, it's to do with your hormones. But then there's also things you work out like not putting fragrance on top of your tan because the celeb would turn up the next day and they'd have big white marks around the neck. And it was from fragrance that they put on immediately after. Um, but strictly, I mean, there was no real rooms for mistakes and I made some, Go on. I made some real errors. <laughs> we we want to hear about each one in detail, if you wouldn't mind, because <laughs> this is just the best thing ever. Do you know what I love as well is I, I don't like the culture online of like, 
picking something apart. But it's nice to know that other people have these things that you have in your bedroom where your tan is absolutely ballsed up around your wrists. And we'll all get out of it and it's fine. Well, that's it. And the thing is, I'm such a believer. I don't believe in regrets. I believe that you learn from your mistakes. It's really high pressure. Being a spray tanner, especially with anyone who's holding a microphone on camera, because the hands, they're just all over the camera. And it took me a long time to get hands perfect. But luckily, I was in the deep and I was doing like... Back in my heyday, I was doing like 20 tans a day. So I really got good at doing hands. And it is literally, it's just like makeup. If in doubt, blend it out. And so you just buff those hands, just keep buffing and get it all out the knuckles. Anything like, I love the um, It Cosmetics, the big, thick body brushes. They are so good to buff um, excess tan out. Um, But obviously, like on those shows, there's big celebrities. And um, a lot of the time, a celebrity will think they know best. And, you know, in my early days, I'd be like, yeah, they know best, they know best. And then they'd say, I need three coats on the face. And they'd come in the next day and I'd be like, I should not have done three layers. And also, something might look great in real life, but you, you go on those cameras, you go under those lights, a tan can look completely different. So that's like, you know, Isle of Paradise is all about colour corrective and green bases to counteract redness. And I learned that during Strictly. I learned that I needed to work with colour corrective makeup in order to get perfect hands um but there was one time when I put um you know strictly is all about the shimmer yeah absolutely so I had all this body oil in my kit and I'm gleaming this dancer up and she's all shimmery well she went into a lift and she was too slippery she went flying across the dance floor I was like Oh, oh my god, I'm never, my god. I'm never using body oil ever again. Luckily it was in a dress rehearsal. Again, oh buffing god. it all off. Someone was like, Who's put body oil on this girl? And <laughs> like, like, in that moment, do you think it's always best to come clean? Or would you ever secretly be like, Do you know what? I'm not owning up to this and I'm gonna try and blag it? <laughs> I, well, there was only two of us on the tanning team, and I think it was really obvious who it was. So I know I would own up and I'd say, Look, "I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry." Um, but I mean, the real, the real fun stuff comes from doing things like Fashion Week and red carpet. I mean, some of the stories from Fashion Week, and I loved, I loved working in the fashion world, but it it reached its peak for me, and it it was. Working with designers who are stressed and they're very fashion, it didn't really come that naturally to me. And, you know, I hope you can hear I'm very down to earth and I'm quite real. And, you know, fashion is anything but down to earth and real. And so I'd be going to these test shoots and there'd be, you know, the real the real dons of the beauty world, these real makeup artists, these hairdressers, everyone had done all their runs assisting and they'd just come in from New York and everything. And I was I was assisting at this point. And I used to say to Nicola when we were assisting, I'd be like, is it just me or are they a massive cock? <laughs> what is going on? She'd be like, yep, just keep your voice down. Just keep your voice down. Just play with those brushes. Do you know what? Of all the mentors, I just can't think of anyone lovelier to have started off with than Nicola. Oh, she was the best. She was the best. She's one of my best friends now. Like, we are so close. And to be able to have somebody who's so successful, I mean, her, she is the facialist to, like, Meghan Markle and Julia Roberts and Kate Moss. And she's so, so, so successful, yet so humble. Yeah. And is so real and down to earth. And I just love her. And she was the best person to to sit under the wing of 
there was pinch me moments. Like I remember going to Paris to do um, all the skin for Roland Murray. And I remember sitting in this Paris loft studio with um, Roland Murray looking at the collection and putting like body gleams on the, you know, on all over the models and creating beautiful looking skin. And I am obsessed with skin. I love gleam. I love glisten. I love texture. I used to love really doing matte skin on runway, like that sunset glow, anything Mm. like that. And that was such like, they were pinch me moments. But I mean, getting to Paris with a tanning booth, well, you've never known anything like it. Trying to explain to a <laughs> security guard on the Eurostar what it is without saying tanning gun. And so you're like, <laughs> it's makeup. We had one incident where um, we had a security guard, a security guard dog get very aroused by a tanning booth. And we all just stood there and we're like, oh my God, that dog needs to get off this booth. And we're like pushing this dog off while we're loading up all the products and then they're unzipping everything and they're looking at, you know, a tanning spray tan machine is, there's lots of extractor fans, there's lots of tanning guns, there's lots of metal and cogs and machines and fans that would really, you know, a security guard is doing his job. So he's like, well, what the hell is this? But trying to lit, you know, explain to somebody after you've done London Fashion Week and you're going to Paris what it is is definitely um, is definitely hard work up there with the struggles of your career. Oh my god! I once went to Norway um, for a job. I got booked really last minute, and this Norwegian um, celebrity needed a tan, and so I got flown to Norway. Um, and I had back in the day, tanning guns were were not what they are now. And I had one of the very early prototypes, and it was in a tall black box, and it was an airbrushing machine. So the mist that came out of it was very fine, and the the, the box separated. And it, in each drawer, you could have your wipes, your lotions, your gloves, your mists, and you know, you really compacted it down. And then it also doubled up as a seat if you were doing makeup. Perfect. Yeah. So you say that now, Rose. So anyway, I'm literally like packing up, get my passport. And there was a stage in my career where I never left home without my passport because there were times where I would literally be flown last minute to somewhere else to do a tan. You're joking. I got to Norway and the belt came round. Oh, God. And only the top drawer from a tanning gun machine had arrived. <laughs> oh, my God. So I went to the guys. I was like, I'm sorry, but where's my booth? Like, where is it? And they were like, well, this is the only thing that's arrived. And it was the only thing with a sticker on it. And I said, no, there's a whole other bit. Oh you need to my God. It. And I thought, oh my God, I've got to do this client. What am I going to do? So I had to go to this pharmacy. They had the most cheapest, basic, horrendous self-tan ever. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this. And I had to mix, I had to mix a solution and tan this celebrity by hand. I had to do it all by hand and buff. It took ages to mix it and do it right. Obviously, I'd never met her before. They're trying to communicate to her what had happened to me, booth. <laughs> oh, God, it was a right shambles. And then as I get back to Heathrow, you know, I go to Lost Property and I'm like, look, something happened. They're like, well, what is it? They said it, it fell down the ramp to go to the plane and burst open and went everywhere. <laughs> Oh, for the love of God. Well, that was the end of the booth then. Well, the booth drama and travel drama is outrageous. I once got booked for a celebrity um, extremely last minute. And I was I remember being at lunch with my friend and the phone rang and they said, oh, can you go to Venice tonight? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, there's a flight that leaves in two hours. Can you make it? And I was like, yep, okay. And honestly, this was a point where I had I would never leave home without a pair of pants, 
and my passport. And so I went to the airport, I had all my booze, everything. And wow. yeah, I got flown to Venice. I got picked up by um, this guy in this suit with um, sunglasses, got on a gondola, putting a tanning booth on a gondola is not easy. And I get to the hotel and the hotel had no record of me being there. Nobody knew who I was. I hadn't eaten any food and it was like 11 at night. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And this hotel wants to. I was like, okay, okay, fine. Got in touch with a celebrity. They're still out and about having a lovely time. So I knew that they were staying there. So I said, oh, what name are you staying under? And they gave me their fake name because, listen, all the celebrities stay under fake names. So I sat down. I thought, right, I'm having sushi. So I ordered sushi. I ordered sushi and a pint. And I thought, well, I'm here now. I may as well make the most of this. Absolutely. Gondola pulls up to the hotel. Celebrity falls off the gondola, flat on their face. (laughs) And they're absolutely blackout drunk. And, oh, celebrity doesn't want a tan. No, I'm not having a tan. Why are you here? You can party. You can stay up all night. And I was like, no, you've booked me to have a tan because you're on the red carpet tomorrow. Um, no, I don't want to tan. I'm not having one. I want to stay in party. So off celebrity runs to another room. Have you got your room sorted at this point? I know I haven't got a room. Oh my God. So then um, I get said celebrity and I'm literally Hansel and Gretling breadcrumbs down to try and get them in this booth. Um, <laughs> refusing to have a shower, refusing to take makeup off. So I take all the makeup off, drying all the hair off stand them in the tent and like spray tan them um, and then dry them off and put them in bed and cover them up and they talk- they just cannot stop talking to me and then they phone Al Pacino for a chat. No. I was like, oh my God. So then I closed the doors of the celebrity's room and it, it was a suite. So I then slept on the sofa. I woke up in the morning, <laughs> woke up in the morning, got my stuff, had a very very expensive breakfast in this hotel like I went in charged it to the room got on a gondola and I've never worked with them again did you have a chat in the morning no they were fast asleep I snuck out and did the tan come out okay who gives a fuck babe (laughs) (laughs) it would have been perfect because I saw the red carpet images it was perfect (laughs) but then there are also celebrities that you work with who are absolutely divine who are so so wonderful and kind and loving and that is honestly the majority of celebrities that you work with and the odd one along the way it's just a bit of a laugh and it's something that you can revisit on a podcast with me (laughs) further down the line oh my god totally I've had um I've had makeup artists backstage at fashion week tell me not to put any tan on the models um because it was no tan but just balmy gorgeous skin fashion references are the most ridiculous imagine dear listener if you are stood there with your bit of tanning mousse or your instant tan and your mitt ready to put a bit of tan on a model and the designer goes i want them to look wet but dry like i want them to look out of space but underwater does that make sense to you and you're like absolutely not but okay fine we'll work we'll work this out and I just I just end up putting body butter on and I'd be like you know look at the gleam look at the glisten isn't it gorgeous you can really see that out of space gleam and you know that underwater glisten it was just a bit of blinking body butter I haven't done anything to them I mean the clear takeaway from all of this is that you're very fond of a bit of body butter oh I love a body butter I love a body oil the most for a gleam I really love it and I love mixing body oil and body butter and instant hand together on a mitt that is 
is my foolproof safety <laughs> runway. That's honestly for runway skin. That's all I ever used to do, and it would always look incredible. Really? Yeah. And then I remember having makeup artists come up with white linen napkins and wiping the skin in front of everyone. And this one makeup artist yelled at me across the room and was like, I told you, don't put any tan on. And she looked at the white napkin and there was no tan on there. Do you know what, though? It's so true. Like, I think if you do make those mistakes, whatever industry you're in, it's always best if you've got a team that support you. I'll never forget one of my favourite managers, Michelle, when I used to work at Selfridges. She said, listen, if you ever make a mistake in anything, I remember she told me this at the very beginning of when I joined the team, if you ever make a mistake, mistake in anything don't worry about it just tell me and we will sort it together and no one needs to know and I thought what a lovely what a lovely way to invite someone into your team and because of that any balls that you ever made you'd go straight to her and wouldn't you rather know than not know if it's your team 100% I say that to my assistants now I'm like we're not against each other we are a team so if you're on a job and something's happening you phone me because there are things and there are people that you work with that you're like I need to just talk about this with someone. But obviously, as a tanner and a makeup artist who works with high-profile people, you can't talk about it ever. You're booked on confidentiality. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I would never, whoever you, whoever my client is, I would never talk about somebody else's body, about somebody else's house, about anything like that, because it is completely confidential. And I respect that. I respect that privacy. And I think that's really, if you're listening and you're wanting a, you know, a, a really high-profile job in beauty and you want to work with people, confidentiality is everything absolutely everything and when you go into a house I never comment on anybody's homes I never comment on anything like even if I like something I don't say anything because I always think it looks like I'm being nosy and I'm not yeah it's funny isn't it how you need to have a good sense of humor I think with things like this because you do learn lessons from them and you never do it again but it can really knock your confidence if you weren't to just laugh about it and move on like one of my personal best tips I ever learned from a mishap was if you're doing wedding makeup one of my favorite things to do in the world is wedding makeup I love getting a bride ready I just think there's no bigger privilege than making someone feel beautiful on what is arguably the most important day of their life for a lot of people that is the most important day of their life so um I was doing a bride and the hairdresser had done her hair first and set it with loads and loads of hairspray and then I was next doing the makeup so she'd said it with so much hairspray that what I can only describe as a crispy film had developed around the entire hairline. Luckily, I had my friend Jack with me and he was doing the bridesmaids. And when I was putting the foundation on, I noticed that the foundation had clung to this crispy film and she had like a halo of foundation. And I was thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? So anyway, he discreet as anything, hands me a clean mascara wand, little disposable one, dips it in eye makeup remover. And he said, just gently brush that through the top of that hairline. And that is... One of the best tips, bride or not, I've ever heard because everyone gets a bit of foundation in the hairline. That is so good. That's so good. And that happens at every wedding. The hairdresser always goes first, sets the hair, lets it stay, lets it cool, whatever. And um, I don't know if you ever have had it with um, instant tan or with like foundations when things roll on the skin. And for me, it's the worst thing. So 
as somebody might have moisturized their skin before or this certain product that you might be working with obviously is not from Isle of Paradise because we, we would never <laughs> do that. But there are instant tans out there that I've worked with when you put it on and you're like, oh yeah, it looks great. I'll just add a bit more. And what you do, because the first coat has dried way too quickly, you put your second one on and that first coat will roll everywhere and it all starts coming off and all separating. And I describe it as like tectonic skin where the plates start moving about. And the only way that you can combat that is either know your product or mix your product with moisturizer before you put it on and layer it up. But you have to have fresh mitts and you have to have brushes. And if it starts to roll, you need to stop. The moment you see something rolling, do not add any more because you just can't stop it. And it's to do with the layering and the, the way that the skin is. That literally has been a foolproofer for me. If I'm if, if I'm instant tanning, when we were developing our instant tan, Isle of Paradises, that was one thing that I was so strict about. I was like, this product cannot roll. It cannot roll. So try it in all no. heats, all different skin tones. I would use different products to change the pH of my skin to make sure that it wouldn't roll. And it doesn't. It's just science. The thing about makeup and about tan and about hair and beauty, it literally is science because you're putting different types of solutions on top of the other one and they will either sit well together or not, like the whole oil and water together. And do you know what, Jules, speaking of Isle of Paradise, that was one thing I wanted to delve into a bit with you as well, because I mean, it's such a fantastic tanning brand. And I remember funnily enough, when you were first telling me about it, you explained that um, on Strictly, you used to mix in, you know, different colour correcting agents to tans to get the perfect sheen and that taught you so much about how it's important to colour correct with the tan and what have you so I think the brand was really innovative and it was something that no one had done before in the tanning sphere but what I do find really fascinating about Isle of Paradise is it's almost this lovely positive self-acceptance movement as well as being a tan brand and I don't really know anyone that's got such a unique community behind their brand like that. Thank you for saying so. It's it's really driven from me being in the beauty industry for so long and just really disagreeing with a lot of the values that I was seeing from other brands because I was working on set on body makeup for so many different brands in fashion and in beauty And I just couldn't get my head around, Rose, the consistent lie of airbrushing. And I am a beauty consumer. I love buying beauty, but I hate feeling like I'm buying a product to look like somebody else. I want to look like me. Um, And I want to look like the best version that I feel that I should look like. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be on set, Rose, and I'd look at the model on set. The camera would go off. The monitor would be at the side. I'd be looking at the monitor to see that the skin was okay. Perfect. Six months later, I'd open a magazine or I'd see it on a billboard. She didn't bloody look anything like she did on that day. Like her butt was lifted, cellulite gone, any like bumps in the skin totally taken out. And I was like, you're selling me a product that's telling me it's going to give me that kind of skin. Yet I was on that shoe and she didn't look like that. So it's just this whole lie. And so when we launched Isle of Paradise, I was so adamant that I wanted this brand to empower women and men. I wanted people to feel accepted and to feel like this was a community because that's what beauty is to me. It's this whole hope and feel great. And I don't want to sell product or, you know, talk about product that prize on people's insecurities. I think that's mean. I think we should be speaking of empowerment and 
confidence. It's just all about having that boost and that hit. I got an amazing DM this morning from somebody who said, I've followed you for ages and I have never, ever tried tan because I just thought it wasn't for me. But you talk so much about how tan makes you feel better. I thought, sod it, I'm going to give it a go. And she said, I cried this morning when I looked in the mirror because it's for the first time I just felt amazing. And if a beauty product can do that to somebody, if somebody can feel elation through their own appearance, then oh my God, it is worth talking about and it's worth spreading that joy. Absolutely. I mean, I really agree with the power of a tan. I've mentioned a few times actually during lockdown that one of the things that I've been really doing to keep a routine is I've kept up my tanning because that to me on a normal week is always part of my routine, gets me ready for the week. Even things like um, it makes me feel kind of ready for the day at work. It makes me feel a bit smarter, more put together. Definitely makes me personally feel more body confident because it just streamlines everything everything Mm. but coming back to another point you made there a moment ago about you were looking at this billboard after the shoot and thinking well that picture looks nothing like you know the lady that was in front of me on the day I think that's really important as well that we see real representations of what people actually look like because it's so easy to feel like you're insignificant or you're not as worthy and you're comparing yourself to a picture that you don't realise has been airbrushed and you don't realise other people are doing the same thing. Like I'm reading this book at the moment, it's Fern Cotton's Happy and it's a really good book actually. You kind of do these exercises along the way with her to... um, just identify and acknowledge how you're feeling at any given point while you're reading the book. And everyone feels the same things and you don't realise, but everybody is thinking the same things. Exactly. And there's things, you know, there's tricks in every walk of life. Like if you hold your phone up and you take a selfie, if you take a selfie with your back to the window compared to taking a selfie with your face to the window, the light is different and you will look more flattering with your face to the window. And there's things like the time that the sun sets. If you're photographing outside, it's lighting. It will be more flattering. That I believe is fine because that's day to day and that's all perception of, you know, how we deem a beautiful picture. But it's when I think you start messing with the actual physical structure of a face or a body in terms of it not being what it is in real life that I think is just so wrong. And actually, I think, listen, I'm guilty of being a person that used to face tune my face years ago, because that was my insecurity. And I also believe that that was normal. But actually, I think we'll look back on airbrushing and the noughties. And I think we'll just look at it and go, what was that? what was that? That is so weird. Why did people do that? And I think, I think, you know, when we are 20 years time, we'll look back and just go, God, what, what a moment. Rose, I think I'm about to have a box delivered. Oh, go on, go and get your box. It's Betty's. We sent this cake. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, babe. Sorry. Did I hear something about a Betty's? I'm going to need to know what's in there, please. Well, my favorite Betty's, and I think this is what it's going to be. And whoever sent me this is getting brownie points. I think it's the French fondants and they're my favorite. Oh, now we're bloody talking. <laughs> I was blinking raised on Betty's. I like, I was born in Italy. <laughs> I used to go to Betty's after school. Oh, what a nice little touch of home as well when we're just all trying to get through the current climate. And, uh, and you know what I've got arriving today? Go on. A Dyson cordless. 
I can't bloody wait. Oh, you're not going to know you're born with one of those. <gasps> you're not going to see me again. These cobwebs don't know what's going to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, back to the room before I set you off to your Dyson and your Bettys, because, I mean, if that, <laughs> if that box had come to me, I'd be thinking, is she just going to give it a rest now so I can make a tea? <laughs> no, that, that's definitely after lunch treats. Right. We've got a bit of ground to cover because I just want to ask. So say for me, I think it really stuck when when Isle of Paradise launched. The campaign imagery was so beautiful because you had all of these different um, people in the campaign of different shapes, sizes, races, you name it. Um, and it was a really lovely moment. Like I remember the Get Body Posy booklet that came with it and it was all about feeling good and just a real moment. Who are some of the people or moments that you can think of in the beauty industry that you've thought, do you know what, you're doing something different and doing something well and making a positive change? I look at people like um, Felicity Hayward. Love her. And if you don't know who Felicity is, she's a curve model. And Felicity and I met I'd say eight years ago, and I used to tan her when she was doing e-com for um, ASOS. And this really was when curve models were, you know, really not booked that much. And I remember watching her career grow and thinking, God, go on, girl, like break down these walls and just show that body positivity is a total thing. And, you know, in the early days of body positivity, it's been incredible to watch and it's been so wonderful to be part of. There's brands like Neil's Yard that, are, you know, are so under the radar, but I've been to like masterclasses with them. And I think that they they really stay true to their core beliefs and they really look after their consumers and they teach you, you know, you know like, their moisturizers can also become a tea light holder. And I know that sounds really simple, but using products in a different way and making sure that you have a continued lifespan of it. And I just, yeah. I just love that connectivity that they have with um, the brands. There's just been so many lovely moments. And especially when, when you go to events and you see different people at events, you know, I've been to so many events and it was just the same types of people, just like, not inclusive. Yeah. You know, I was going to events and I was going to parties and trips and everything way before social media. So it was just the same type of person, this, you know, this box ticking. And now because of social media, it's been this huge impact on all industries where you, I love going to events and I'm chatting to people from all walks of life. And it's so wonderful. Like I think so many industries can be quite um cookie cutter yeah and very like you know this is what it's going to be like but beauty is so um open and in one retrospect it can be quite judgy um and I think it used to be very judgy but now I think it's more accepting than ever before definitely and I think that beauty is something that everybody has access to because everybody spanning every budget every preference everything that you can think of whether they live wearing makeup whether they never wear a scrap whether they have a bit of tan on whether they're a nail person it just it welcomes everybody in and I think that's what's lovely about it thank you for saying such lovely things about get body posy because that for us like you know when we launched our brand People say, oh, what's it like being, you know, this pioneering body positive brand? Is it, you know, is it amazing? And it is amazing. 
But we never we never sat there and went, do you know what's going to be really good for marketing? We'll be a body positive brand. It was yeah. never, ever like that. And, you know, you see brands that try to do that now just to book, hop on a trend. But our core beliefs come from me as a spray tanner and the types of bodies that I looked at every single week in my booth. And I just wanted representation of my clients and the people that I was seeing and the skin types and textures that I was seeing every single day. So Jules, for anyone that wants to read reach out and come and find you I was gonna say tell us where we can find you and what we can expect but I would like to take this opportunity when you're telling um us where to find you to just mention Sarah who I only started following not long ago actually and I have just loved keeping up with you and Sarah you're the best duo she's such a laugh so um fill us in where can we find you and who's Sarah and why has she come to be so important to all of us um, so, I mean, Sarah is my podcast co-host and um, she's called This Sarah Powell on Instagram. And Sarah and I met because she was interviewing me for a radio show when she was a radio presenter and I was working on Strictly. And we decided to start a podcast together just because we wanted to see each other more. And that was almost five years ago. She's a very, very, very special friend to me. She's a complete ray of sunshine. And... On our podcast and on our channels, we we try to teach people that you don't need loads of money to have fun. Yeah. And actually, happiness comes from so many different types and walks of life. And you can find happiness anywhere. Like we talk about cheese, we talk about real life. And, you know, that's really what brings joy. It's the little moments that you have with each other. And also, I mean, Sarah teaches you to celebrate the little things in your life. And honestly, she's impacted my life so much. Like I did earlier in the year, I went on Joe Wiley's show to talk about body confidence and body positivity. And after the show, the old me would have just come home, done the washing up and gone to bed. And Sarah has started a business where she teaches us to celebrate things in life because traditionally all we celebrate is um, birthdays, Christmases, and maybe a promotion. And it has to be quite a big thing. And she said, you know, we should celebrate the everyday. Like, what is it about making you feel better? And so after Joe Wiley, I took myself to a really expensive bar and I bought an overpriced glass of champagne and I thought, sod it, I'm going to celebrate that. That was a massive win. Good for you. Yeah, it was. That's a brilliant milestone. It felt so great. She doesn't know how much of a positive impact she has on my life every single time I see her. And honestly, if you just need that hit of joy and you need some realness and refreshing elation on Instagram, please go and follow her. And for me, I'm at Jules Von Herp and um, my self-tan brand is at the Isle of Paradise. And yeah, we have Jules and Sarah, the podcast. And also we have a very real and open podcast called Wobble, which is about mental health and body confidence. Jules, you've been exactly the kind of scream I needed this morning so thank you so much um I'm gonna leave you to enjoy your Betty's now (laughs) thank you so much I think the Dyson literally has just arrived oh (laughs) this is great news all right have a lovely day Jules thank you so much thank you darling it's been a joy oh see you soon bye bye Thank you so much for listening and I hope Jules made you laugh. I knew he would be just the ticket this morning. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review and subscribe. It would really mean the world to me. Have a lovely day and I'll be speaking to you again soon. Bye.